Welcome to McKnight's Newsmakers Podcast at the Home Care 100 Leadership Conference in Scottsdale, Arizona. We're here getting the latest insights from home care thought leaders. I am here with Paul Cusero, CEO and Chairman of Amadisis. Paul, you just spoke at the Home Care 100 Conference and you talked about how the world is changing. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, um, one of the uh, one of the things we we do strategic planning every every year, and we uh, and our our theme this year was uh, from an ancient uh, Greek philosopher called Heraclitus, and he said you can never step into the same stream twice, and uh, uh, and and that's this world. It's unbelievable because uh, everything is moving every, and it's a completely different world every time we get up. And uh, so one of the things that uh, that we really have been focusing on is uh, is particularly uh, uh, labor. Um, we have seen, uh, due to the pandemic and due to some of the vaccination um, things that are you know uh, rules that are going on there, we've seen a tightening up of the nurse and uh, physical therapy markets that are so essential to our business. And so uh, we've been putting a lot of emphasis uh, because I believe, as I as as we talked about um, in the in the uh, in the conference, uh, that demand is going to be as much as people can take. So demand is not going to be an issue in this industry. Um, I think if you produce great quality, it will be even better than uh, than huge demand. If you look at home health, hospice, personal care, they're going to be the, some of the fastest growing segments in uh, in the healthcare industry. So the key is, uh, will we be able to find enough people to provide the care? And, uh, and so for us is, uh, we're focusing a lot on recruitment. How do we find these people out there and uh, uh, how do we make them interested in us? Once they come over, we're focused on retention. And then while they're working with us, we focus on increasing their productivity so that we can maximize uh, all, the, all the folks we have that are currently working with us. So that's uh, something we, we talked about. We also talked about the growth of Medicare Advantage. And uh, Medicare Advantage is growing at about seven times the rate of fee-for-service. Medicare Advantage, uh, generally for the industry, pays much less uh, than, it sh- uh, than we get with fee-for-service. They also pay much later, so they, they can delay their payments. And there's a fair amount of bad debt that often gets, uh, um, uh, often gets uh, assigned, and so you don't get, sometimes you don't get paid at all. And so it's an extraordinary uh, 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 tough uh, piece of business to take. And uh, so as Medicare Advantage continues its growth and if it continues to um, if it continues to pay us the way they are now, it's an untenable situation. And so I think we're coming towards uh, what potentially could be a, a real uh, a, a real sort out with Medicare Advantage because they because their members are demanding home health most of their members want to be taken care of in the home at the same time they can't pay us a pittance and still expect good quality so I think that's going to be something that's going to be out there uh, the other thing we, we talked about is is just healthcare is changing in general um, people are no longer acutely sick they don't take care of care is not delivered in an episodic way that within an institution like a hospital. Um, there's not medical dictation, uh, i.e. a doctor telling you what to do. Right now you have 87% of the population is chronically ill. That means continuous care is needed, but not generally in an institution. Uh, if you tried to do it in an institution, you'd bankrupt the system. 
Uh, also, consumers are much better informed, and so uh, so they want to participate in the decision making of healthcare. Um, so it's really a radical change from where it was, let's say, 20 years ago when hospitals dominated. Um, and so, uh, and if you look at some of the AARP data out there, um, uh, it's what's really interesting is you know nine out of ten people, 65 plus, want to be taken care of in their homes. And then you all uh, came out with a wonderful report uh, that McKinsey put out, which said that uh, the the at-home care business is going to quadruple in about three years, uh, up to, I think you were saying the range is 180 to $265 billion. Right now it's a lot less. It's about a third of that, a quarter of that. So it's going to be huge demand. So there's obviously a lot of threads to pick up on here. Sure, please. But... I know that you've been very invested in hospital at home. Yes. So how does that tie into what you just talked about? Are you suggesting perhaps that with the trend toward home care, with the needs of people, uh, the chronic care needs of people, that this will be a major part now of of the home care universe? Yes. Um, Well, the reason why we we bought a company called Contessa, it has four lines of business. it's it's the leading player in hospital at home also it does sniff at home and it also does at-risk palliative care and a very nascent part of it does uh, does uh, general care in the home uh, using nurse practitioners uh, the reason why we decided uh, uh, that we needed to do this is is we wanted to take care of sicker people in the home and uh, we also wanted so that expanded our market tremendously the other thing we wanted to do is we wanted to take risk on that, uh, like an insurance company, like a payer, Humana, uh, United, anything like that. And so we wanted to be able to bet on ourselves. And when you bet on yourselves and you take risk, you make more money because then you can, uh, you get paid a fixed amount and then if you deliver something under it, you keep that. The other thing we really liked about the hospital at home business is everybody wins. So the way it works is when we go in and we take a patient at hospital at home, that patient chooses us. Nine out of ten times a a patient going into a hospital, given the opportunity, if it's the right diagnosis, they will say, I want to be taken care of in the home. The other thing is those diagnosis codes within a hospital, all the care a hospital delivers, DRGs, Mm -hmm. are generally the ones they lose money on. So we're going to the hospitals and we're saying, your money-losing pieces of business will make money for you and will take better care and you'll have better outcomes and you'll free up your beds. So hospitals like it because these are joint ventures. They share in the profits, generally 50-50. Payers like it or insurance companies like it because we do it at a discount to what they are paying the hospitals. We give them back about 15%. So payers save money, hospitals make money where they normally lose it, patients are much happier and the outcomes are better. So if you look at our patients, um, we drive down readmission rates, you know, going back into the hospital, which is the worst thing you can do, uh, by 40%. And then patient satisfaction is over 90%. So it's quite extraordinary. Um, Obviously, Medicare Advantage um, is a little bit of a different animal in terms of what they pay for, but 
Does that help to improve your negotiating power to be able to offer hospital at home? Yes, very much. Uh, because uh, the, the biggest, I used to be in the insurance business, so I worked for Humana for five years. And so I understand how uh, plans, what, what they look out for and don't want and what they look for and do want. And the biggest thing a plan looks for is um, find the lowest cost setting and then make sure there are no hospital readmissions. And what we do in our hospital at home model is we take risk on that. So if there is a readmission, we pay for it. So these are, plans love that. So we have structured it in a way that, um, uh, you know, that they have a fixed rate, we take risk on readmissions, and, uh, and that, that, that drives down their, uh, the variability that they can get so they can get surprised on anything. And surprises in the insurance business are a very bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems interesting to me that there's, everyone is so high on Medicare Advantage, but when you kind of dig a little bit, it's not so great. Yeah, I, I, well, for us, I mean, for the home health industry in general, it's not. Um, they pay us about 30 to 40% less than fee-for-service. Um, they pay us, uh, they take four times longer to pay their bills. And where the government generally pays all our bills, um, about 10% of the payers do not pay their bills because they deem it inappropriate care. Um, the other thing is the, uh, the payers are employing uh, things, uh, these companies called conveners, and these conveners are what are called delegated risk managers. And these folks basically go to the plan, they, they ask for the fit, they say, we'll deliver your home health at this rate, minus 15%, and then they, then they manage us. Let's switch gears okay, for, please. for yeah. a moment, and you're retiring, congratulations. Yes, thank you, yes. Um, how do you feel about that, and how do you feel about the state of Amadisus? Well, I feel that uh, I feel the company. The best time to leave is when the company's doing its best, and uh, when we finished our strategy plan, um, uh, I felt this is it. This is this is the best shape the company's been in. I've been there for uh, seven and a half years, and I felt you know the best time to leave is when things are going really well, as well as when you have a really good management team who you know can can take it to the next level and as well as a good successor. And I have a great successor, Chris Gerard, who's worked uh, for us for five years. He's been the chief operating officer, recently chief operating officer and president. He's one of the best I've seen. And he's, a lot of the good things that this company has shown has been him. And so I think he needs his time to show that he can really lead this company because he's done a great job uh, thus far. And then my team is all doing very well. Uh, I, our, our management team, even below the C-suite, is very strong. Um, so I just believe the best thing to do for a company is to leave it the strongest you can. Because when I first came uh, to Amedesis, um, I was, um, uh, uh, it was a, in very bad shape. Um, the government had just fined us hugely. We had lots of bad debt. Uh, pay, uh, employees were leaving. Patients were unhappy. We were not financially sound. So, uh, and I wouldn't wish that on anybody. So, uh, my my belief is, uh, leave it the top, and then it's uh, and then people will will be thankful 
uh, for you. So, and then I got to go out and figure what else to do. So that's going to be interesting. I'm going to take a little time to figure out, but I'm still the chairman. So I'll still be involved. Uh, my main goal will be to help Chris uh, and the team and make sure that they get what they need to continue to drive the great performance we've been turning in. Well, that's great. Whatever you do, good luck to you. Thank you and very much. stay in touch. Okay, we will. Paul okay, Cusero take care. with Amadisis. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And be sure to listen to our other podcasts from the Home Care 100 Leadership Conference in Scottsdale, Arizona.